Hey there, I'm Nanzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome to Market Scale Grow. My name is Janzea, and this is a very special Saturday strategy session because we are actually doing a live, well, recording strategy session. And I have Suzanne with me. We're going to be chatting through her marketing plan. And so, first of all, Suzanne, do you want to introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about who you are, who you help, what you do in your business? And then we can dive into the strategy. Sure. So I'm Suzanne. I am a pediatric speech language pathologist. So my nine to five is treating children with speech down disorders. And then I also run a TPT store on the side where I sell materials related to treating speech and language disorders. I run a small, small Instagram account playing speech and blog and do all of those other (laughs) social media kind of things. Amazing. So how long have you been doing this for the TPT business side of it? So I started it three years ago, but I didn't really start taking it seriously until about maybe the last year and a half. And I say seriously loosely because I'm trying to not stress myself with it, but still help it grow and become something a little you know, bigger than a hobby. Yeah, that, that balance between consistency and doing all of the things and also... You have a, a little one, at least one little one, you said. And three then, little ones. <laughs> three, oh man, three little ones and a full-time job. And you're doing this as well. There's a lot of balancing going on. Yeah. For sure. So before we hopped on the call, we chatted a little bit about what you'd like to talk through. Do you want to share kind of where you're at with your marketing and what your biggest struggle is right now? Sure. So I always just feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I don't have a plan. I don't have content pillars. There's no schedule. I just kind of an idea pops in my head. I make a post about it and then I'll try to repurpose it into other channels like a blog or an email to my list. But everything is very sporadic and just when it happens, it happens. So I think one of the big things that we want to chat through is a schedule and figuring out like your distribution schedule, if you will, like how often you're going to be doing the frequency and then also your content pillars so that it's not so much when inspiration strikes, but you have a bit more of a plan in place. That would be fantastic. Yes. Amazing. So if you were to just think very, very broad, big topics, what are some of the things that you currently create content on? So I do a lot of tips for speech therapists. I'll share useful resources that I find therapy ideas. Those are kind of the big three. Amazing. And would you say like all of your ideas come from this or you're also pulling in other things? So would you say you only rotate through those topics or? that? I guess that's kind of the, that's kind of the question because I don't necessarily just rotate through those topics and I don't rotate through them with any sort of plan. So I might share like four therapy tips in a row and no resources for a while. And then I'll find like a free resource my, you know, my following would like, and I'll share it. If I happen to have my camera out when I'm doing a a good therapy session and like a good activity, I'll record it quickly or take a picture quickly, but there's no, you know, there's no plan as to when those things would happen. 
So I think that a really important thing to mention here is you don't necessarily need to, and it almost can be detrimental to be rotating through them in a formulaic kind of way. Like I always do tips for speech therapy on Mondays and I always share resource on Wednesdays and I always share the strategies on Friday, right? Now there are pros and cons to it. The pro is you do have that schedule in place where you know what's coming and to come up with those different pieces. But the con is that the algorithm and people, our user habits kind of are pushing away from that kind of structure and that kind of formula, which is very fascinating. But just with like short videos and shorter attention spans, having a little bit more of an organic thrown together almost feel can be better for your business. So that's interesting, right? I can see on your face too. (laughs) Obviously people are listening, they can't see your face, but you're kind of like shocked. And I think this is definitely newer. This is in the last like six, 12 months, the shift has been happening away from the formula of, like I said, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I share this, 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 right? And so I think it's okay that you're not necessarily rotating through. And then the other piece is if you do do more like structured themes, you know, for like Mm -hmm. four weeks, you're only sharing tips on one specific topic and then you move to another one, then that can be a really great way to promote a product that you have that relates to that. And so you could go through like in January, your focus is selling a big bundle that you have. And so all of your content relates to that big bundle. But then in February, you move on to something else. And so you're kind of rotating in that way instead. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that is a kind of a way to structure it, I guess, without following that formulaic Mm -hmm. Monday, I do this Wednesday, I do this Friday, I do this. It's just like, oh, this month, I'm always going to share about minimal pairs or, you know, whatever the therapy approaches of the month. Yeah, I really like that, like therapy approach of the month. Can I tell you, I actually typed out a little calendar of January through December of different like approaches. And then I never looked at it again. So uh, I had, no! I, I had, I had an outline of like, okay, January, I'm going to do minimal pairs. In February, I'll do cycles. And then I just never referred back to it. So that might be part of my problem too. So maybe you need to pull that up and print it out and put it somewhere where you can see it. And then throughout the year if you come across a tip or a strategy or a resource, that'd be really good for a month that's coming up. You can like post it note or whatever so that you're not in the month panic coming with, oh, now I need four tips for this thing and I don't have any. You can kind of be collecting them through the year. That's a good idea too. Yeah. And then I have to organize my post-it note. (laughs) That's my struggle too. Just a wall, not this Mm -hmm. one, like just a wall. Mine is the desk is covered. You can't see it, but there's a hundred just sitting in front of me. So (laughs) maybe not helpful at all if post notes really are your thing, but I started using a notebook and I found myself just opening to random pages and then not being able to find that random page. So now it doesn't matter if it's related or not to the thing that's before. I forced myself to just use the next page of the notebook so that it's in like a sequential order. And then usually if I open it, I'm trying to find something and be like, oh, it was before this other idea that I had or after that idea. So that has really helped me. It's like everything is just in one notebook and it doesn't matter what the topic is. There's personal stuff and business stuff. <laughs> that might be a good idea too for me to try. So I still have a wall of post-its. I might stick the post-its in the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. So 
You have a blog. How often are you currently posting to your blog? This is going to sound so terrible, but my goal is only once a month. That's not terrible at all. Are you succeeding at that goal? 97% of the time. I like it. Perfect. I think there, I think I might've missed a month in there, maybe over the summer. Oh yes. (laughs) The summer when everything is chill. And I think ideally like the quote unquote golden standard is once a week, but what is more important than hitting that golden standard is putting out consistent high quality content. And if once a month, is what you can do with high quality. You're not just like throwing garbage because you need a post. Like it's Monday and I need a blog post. If it's quality content and you're able to put it out every single month consistently, and I highly recommend that it's like the 15th of the month or the first of the month or whatever, so that your audience can come to expect when it's coming out. But the consistency is a lot more important and that the high quality, valuable content And likely it's going to be a little bit longer than if you were doing it every week. Does that all make sense? Yeah. And I feel like maybe I am kind of doing that, which makes me feel good that at least I'm on that, that track because I'm I'm also an overthinker. Like if I'm going to put something into a blog post, I'm like, this has got to be good. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I don't just throw together like a weekly post just to have one, which I thought might be bad. Like I'd rather have more, Mm -hmm. but like what you're saying, maybe it's just better that I'm putting more time and consideration into the one bigger blog post. And then we'll get into what your current plan is for that in a second. But if you're only putting out the one piece, you're going to want to repurpose it a little bit more and spread the promotion of it throughout the month. Instead of what I do with my podcast episodes is I focus on it for a week. And then the next episode comes. And then I like to look at the previous month and pull something from the best podcast from the previous month. But really, I only focus on that content for that week because I then move on to another one. But with you only having one blog post, you can stretch it out the entire month. And if you're having a theme of the month and that post goes with your theme, then everything kind of will nicely circle together, if that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that working. Like I keep using the example of like cycles or minimal pairs, but like if it was mm-hmm. the minimal pairs month, then, you know, every post, let's say on Instagram talks about minimal pairs and can kind of mention, if you want more, read this blog kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and the then blog is related. if you had like five different resources that went with minimal pairs, then you can kind of pull those out at random or like once a week-ish, but not necessarily every Monday, right? And then you can promote the blog post a different day and you can do like uh, carousel posts are really good with educational where you're pulling the key points or the teaching points, the tips from your blog. And you could do a different spin or you could just do one point each week. And then so there's some really great ways that you can break up that strategy. Sorry, break up the blog post. What are you currently doing? I know you said You have the Instagram post that kind Mm -hmm. of will sometimes inspire your blog post. And then how else are you repurposing right now? I'll take that and also sometimes do an abridged version in an email, Mm -hmm. my email list. How often are you emailing your list? Maybe every seven to 10 days. I think that's the thing I'm most consistent with. Yeah, that's great. What kind of things are you emailing about? So I'll try, like I said, I'll try to do informative emails that relate to a blog or Instagram post. And then sometimes there are sales emails um, that go out too, like, you know, I guess hard sales, they'd call them. Mm -hmm. But I try to balance both of those. 
And then with these themes that we've been talking about with the months, do you have products that go with some, most, all of them? Yeah, some of them. Like if if I was going to look to try to tie it all together, I might try to pick themes that I know I have products for. But like, mm-hmm. I know if I did a month of minimal pairs, I have products for that. A month of cycles, I have products for that. But I'd have to really sit and think about the rest of the months. The great thing about teaching, and I'm not 100% sure about SLPs and speech therapy, but with teaching, often we will cycle through the same topics in the curriculum through the year. And so a lot of teachers are focusing on similar themes in September and in December and in March, right? Like throughout the year, there's very specific themes that teachers are interested in. Are SLPs the same or is it a little bit more random based on your client base? The goals that you're addressing will be random, but we do a lot of speech therapists use themes throughout the year. So like everything that they're going to work on in September will be related to back to school or apples or pumpkins. And then, you know, we'll move on to holidays and, you know, so therapists will follow that kind of schedule. I just don't always have a lot of themed materials myself. I make more evergreen stuff, which for speech therapists, it's good because people can buy it all year, but it doesn't follow a schedule like that. But that's okay because like you said, they're going to be using it throughout the year. And so I wouldn't necessarily try to force yourself into themes if what you prefer to create and what works better for you and yourself and your business is the evergreen content. Yeah. I mean, in my case, I, I could definitely branch into themes and it's, I think it's a big area for speech therapists. Like people are always looking for you know, themed speech therapy materials. It just hasn't been something that I personally love. So it doesn't, it feels daunting. Yeah. My husband said for months, you need to make like Christmas themed word searches and Valentine's Day word searches and St. Patrick's Day word searches. I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. And then finally I did it for Remembrance Day and it was huge. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. I know. Because I needed something for my own class. <laughs> I've tried and I do have some, I I know I should do more. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I feel exact same way because it's very much needed and loved, but then Mm -hmm. I don't want you to feel like you need to like push yourself into something you hate, but if you are inspired ever, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt. Right. I don't, I don't hate it. It's just not my, it's not my first thought, but I I think I'm going to have to start incorporating a lot more of that. Do you like the flow of Instagram post to blog to email or like Instagram to blog slash email? That just seems to be what works organically for me. Like my first thought is always an Instagram post and I don't know why. I don't know why that seems like where my brain goes, if it's easier for me to format or it's just the one I've used the most. So when I get an idea, I'm like, okay, Instagram post is the first thing I go to. And then after a minute or so, I'm like, oh, wait, I could turn this into a blog or I could turn this into a, an email. So yeah, I guess I like it because it's what comes naturally to me, but I don't mm-hmm. know if it's the best. I think the best is, again, back to this, what you're going to do consistently and what works well for you and that you're repurposing, that you're not trying to come up with an Instagram post and coming up with a different blog and coming up with a different email because then you're doing three different things. But right. if you are taking any of those, and then using them again for something else, then you're strategically using what you've created and you're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You're, And we have to remember like on Instagram, it's something like one to 4% of people actually see our content and in your emails. 
somewhere from 25 to 50% of people open them. And I have no stats for you about blogs at this point. I remember back in the olden days of blogs, people would find a blog, go back to day one and read everything. But now there's a little bit more of that searching for what I need, finding the, the single blog I need, reading that and then moving on. So I'm mm-hmm. not, blogs aren't consumed the same way they used to be. And so reusing that content is the most important piece. Where it comes from first is less important. That also makes me feel better because I'm always like, oh, am I just being redundant? Or, But like you said, hardly anybody's going to see that Instagram post. So I might as well repurpose it and hope to reach more of an audience. And they might even like cautiously say, if you don't feel like you're being redundant, you don't feel like you're repeating yourself, then you, you're doing it wrong. That that's like, the if, mentality, if right? I, feel that way. I need to change my mindset and be like, yes, be redundant. If you're always talking about those same things, then people start to recognize you as the expert in pediatric speech therapy, right? right? She's the one that I go to for resources. Like if I need something for minimal pairs, the first person I'm going to go to is Suzanne because she talks about minimal pairs all the time. Or in January, she was talking about it all the time. And I remember that. And I'm going to go back to find when she was talking about it all the time. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, I think it's just a mindset shift because at first you're like, I have to be creating all this new thing, all these new things all the time and new ideas and new posts. And really it makes more sense to repurpose and reuse. Mm -hmm. And to go back in your Instagram, look at those insights and find the posts that did well organically. And then take that to create new posts for Instagram to start with. But then also, if you already know that they did well organically in the past, pull those for your blogs and your emails and the content. That makes sense. This was another piece that we wanted to talk about. How often are you posting to social media right now? I have less of an answer for you because that is just when I feel something. So I'd say at least once a week, but in my stories, probably every day. I try to get a real once a week and maybe a static post once a week, but it may trickle into closer to 10 days sometimes. Does that feel good or do you want it to be more frequent? I think it feels sustainable. Okay. That's really important. Yeah. And I I just never, I never put the pressure on myself to get another post out there. When I put something out, it's, it's something that I'm passionate about talking about at that moment or something as relevant at that moment for my caseload. So I'm never like forcing anything. So I guess it feels good in that sense. I'm not sure if it's best practice because it seems not that consistent. Well, so first of all, the the stories and that you're on them daily, according to Instagram, I just read this like yesterday, two days ago, stories are the most consumed and most engagement piece on the platform. I guess they get the most engagement would be what I'm trying to say there. So stories and then reels would be the next piece of content that's being consumed because reels and TikToks are starting to become our new TV, right? Like we're sitting there scrolling and just watching these videos. And then the last piece of content that is being consumed is those static or carousel picture kind of type posts. And I wouldn't discount them because They can be really great for saving and sharing and educational pieces and less entertaining. Even though reels can still be educational, I would place them more on the entertainment side. And if somebody's going to sit and read your carousel, then they're a little bit more engaged than just scrolling through a reel, right? But I would prioritize them kind of in the order you said them. Getting on stories every single day 
really, really important. And when I say every day, I mean five days a week. Giving yourself a couple days off is totally fine, but consistently getting on stories. And then one reel a week is a great target to hit. And then the static post, same thing. And if you're going to add like a third thing in there, another reel or another static post, whatever feels sustainable. And that could be part of the not being formulaic. That could be part of you just like whatever inspiration hits based on the topic you're talking about at that month. So if you're talking about those minimal pairs, you know, like, oh, this would be perfect for another reel. Great. But then for a different topic, you'd say, oh, no, I have so many carousel posts or so many static images that I could do for this. Then you have more static images and not trying to say, like, it has to be two reels. It has to be that number. This is a really good base, I would say. That's good because then I feel like I can stay with that kind of quote, quote, schedule yeah. and not burn myself out. It's crazy because we went from you feeling like you didn't really have anything in place, but we've really talked through everything you have in place, especially, like I said, taking into consideration your full-time job, your three kids, you have a lot of pieces in place that really just like tiny tweaks are all that you really need. It's not, it's not a disaster at all. Yeah. I feel like you, when you told me that, like kind of pick a theme for the month, that almost seems like something I could do rather than Mm -hmm. like, I know when you say content pillars, you're like, okay, tips, resources, and activities. But if I look at it that way, that seems overwhelming. But if I pick Mm -hmm. a topic per month and then throw in resources, activities, and tips, related to that topic each month, that to me seems like easier to wrap my head around. So I feel good about that. I really, really agree with that. I love the way that that's twisted things and shifted the idea of content pillars for you of like content themes almost instead of content pillars and moving away from, but I have to get an activity in there. I have to, right? Right. It's like, is this related to minimal pairs? Right. That, see that things in my head and I'm like, I can do that. Hmm. Yeah. And like I said before, like those sticky notes or note taking, whatever you choose to do of, okay, I know next month is minimal pairs. I keep saying it because it's the, the only, only one, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but like that's coming up next month. And I have this like really great activity that I'm going to do with a student this afternoon. So I need to make sure I take a picture of it so that next month when it comes, I have that picture and I don't have to like refine the resource or hope that I'm doing it with a student or whatever. So I'm going to break back out that list that I made January through December and stick that somewhere very visible. Very visible. And I think that that's a really key point too, is when we have these plans, it's really important to put them somewhere where we're going to see them on a regular basis because having a Google Doc that you made and then never look at it again doesn't really help. Right. But having it out there to keep you on track is the the biggest first step, right? That's what I'm going to do when we are done. Print it out and stick it right there on that wall. <laughs> Yay. I love that. So from our little strategy session, what would you say are the three biggest takeaways? The content themes. Content themes. I feel like it's number one. Being consistent. It doesn't have to be every day, but whatever your schedule is, keep it consistent and repurpose your content. Which I think you are. You need to give yourself credit because you're doing a really good job repurposing it. You're just not doing it necessarily in the traditional sense of I wrote my blog and then my blog turns into my email and then my email turns into my social media by taking the third sentence from my blog and creating a quote post, right? You're not doing it in that maybe traditional mm-hmm. sense. You're doing it in a flipped way, but it works for you. And that's much more important than trying to do things the way we see big quote unquote celebrity 
entrepreneurs doing it. Yeah. I think if I went the other way around, I'd get overwhelmed if I had to start with the blog and then trickle down. I don't know why bottom up seems almost like the Instagram post is like a, could be an outline for your blog in a way. Cause it is a bit shorter. That's exactly how I've been using it. Like I'll do the Instagram post and then I'll just beef it up for the blog. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Yay. Do you have any other questions for me? No, I think that was awesome. Amazing. So I know you said it at the beginning, but if anyone wants to check out your TPT store and your Instagram, can you just share again where they can do that? Sure. So my Instagram and my TPT are both playing speech on TPT. It's one word. I find that that affects your search if you don't type it in as one. Interesting. Yeah, if you type in playing space speech, I don't think I come up. So playing speech, one word, um, Instagram and TPT. And my blog is playingspeech.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's inspiring story. If you'd like to share your story with us, then head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash journey and complete the quick application form. Then head to our community at marketscalegrow.com forward slash community so you can join our group of inspiring teacherpreneurs who are working on growing and scaling their businesses too. See you soon.